Hey y'all, welcome to Triumph Over Trauma, the podcast. Listen y'all, I created this podcast because like so many other people, I've had a traumatic past. I didn't always realize how those things affected me negatively and how I even carried them into my adult life. And so I wanted to create a space where other people could come and we could have candid conversations on how you identify trauma, how do you navigate it, and how you recover from traumatic experiences. If this resonates with you, then join me. I am your host and trauma survivor, Miss Eve McNair. Let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome back to Triumph Forward Trauma. Thank you so much for returning. I owe you an apology. The last episode that aired was July 23rd. And although it was a good episode, it was titled Generational Trauma, How to Break the Cycle. And we were supposed to bring you a part two. My children and I actually recorded the episode together. And we uh, came to another level of transparency within our family on how, you know, trauma had affected them, how my trauma actually affected the way I was parenting them and what their outlook uh, on trauma was in general and we 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 really did um you know scratch a little bit of the surface with that conversation and so we do definitely owe you a part two um and due to scheduling conflicts we have not all been able to just sit down and record together so i wanted to acknowledge the fact that um i am not picking up where we left off in this particular episode but we will be working to bring that um part two to you this episode however it might be a little bit all over the place because I got a lot to tell you. It's been a minute. Um, but girl, I want to first say this. When I started the episode, when I'm sorry, when I started the podcast, you know, something that got, you know, really put in my spirit to begin. Um, and I really wanted to be a place to be able to um, talk about my journey and also um, inspire others you know, to begin their own, um, healing work, you know, regarding trauma and to just dig deep, you know, I really wanted, um, to create that space in that platform. However, I did not in any capacity count up all of the calls. Um, I thought to myself, okay, I'll take an hour to a day to record the podcast. I'll take the following day to edit, you know, and publish. Then I will promote baby. Let me tell you something. There is so much more that goes into doing anything extra extracurricular outside of your, you know, your nine to five and your everyday life commitments, whether you're a wife, a mother, a student, a teacher, you know, a church goer, uh, I'm sorry, I should say a church member, um, regardless of whatever, uh, commitments you have at life, any in life, any type of extracurricular activity, starting a business, writing a book, journaling, health and fitness, anything outside of what you do every day, it's going to require another level of intention, another level of consistency, and another level of planning. You know, you hear the saying that people who fail to plan, plan to fail. And baby, <laughs> your girl been over here inadvertently planning to fail with because I didn't have a plan. Um, and I did not understand the importance of a plan and how to even incorporate a daily schedule. Uh, it's just, it is just a lot. Um, but in discovering, you know, the fact that I need a plan and that I need to learn how to be more consistent and that I need to learn how to 
um, relegate my time and, um, you know, manage, you know, my day and all of my priorities, I started to discover some other things. And what I discovered was fear was actually controlling a huge part of my ability to be consistent, persistent, my ability to be successful um, and, and be effective the way that I really wanted to, right? I did not even realize that all along it was fear. The fear of failure, the feel, uh, fear that something could go wrong, um, the fear that things wouldn't turn out right. I mean, it was just so many components to fear, right? And I'm like, what is this about? And for me, uh, one of the biggest effects that trauma has had on my life is the fear. There's always been a huge amount of fear in my heart and in my mind about so many different things. And I'm trying to understand, God, why am I so afraid? Where does this fear come from? Pretty much my whole childhood, from the time I was born to all the way up until maybe like early 20s, I was just in a repeated cycle of traumatic events over and over again. Like the fact that we lived in poverty was traumatic enough. The fact that my mother and father were on drugs was traumatic, right? Then we get separated from them. We're in and out of foster homes. My older siblings are sent to a group home because they're teenagers. Uh, my twin brother and I are um, constantly displaced. We live in an abandoned home at one point. It was just very chaotic, right? But then on top of that, we would go on to live in an environment in which we were never accepted, consoled, loved, kept, or cared for. And then on top of that, my brother dies. And then shortly after that, my mother dies. And so it was just a series of traumatic events. When I thought about it, I said, this fear really came into play through rejection and abandonment, right? Earliest memory of rejection turned, uh, out, turned out to form the core belief that I wasn't enough, right? The fear that I was not enough. It showed up in so many different areas of my life. So I thought about the very first time that I can remember feeling rejection, abandoned. I was at the foster home again due to my mother's addiction. And this particular foster home happened to be across the street from the house we lived in. And one day I'm on the porch of the foster um, house and I'm just standing there. And as I'm standing there, I look across the street and I see my mother and I'm like, she's not going to come over here and get me. Don't she know? I just spent a month in some strange woman's basement who has allowed her sons to do whatever they wanted to do to me. And I'm standing there and this is at seven years old. And I'm looking at my mother across the street and she's on our porch and she's talking to the neighbor and she's so cavalier. Like she doesn't have a daughter across the street whose world has literally just been shattered. And I'm standing there looking at my mom like I'm hoping that if she looks at me, she will call me over to her and she will embrace me. Um, and she looks at me, but she doesn't say anything. 
and there was no embrace. There was no, I missed you. And I remember thinking in that moment, I'm not significant enough for her to want. I'm just not enough for her because if I were enough for her, she would stay home. She would be here. She would help me. She would love me. She would keep me. She would want me. Then I developed this sense of fear that I would never be enough, right? And then fear began to permeate every inch of me. Like I'm telling you, I was afraid of everything. In my later years, what I would discover was PTSD and anxiety and fear of being rejected, this fear of being overlooked, this fear of being left permeated my whole entire body. And the tricky thing about this fear is that it doesn't just stop um, at the fear of rejection. It doesn't just stop at the fear of abandonment. You're afraid of failure. You're afraid um, of being misunderstood. You're afraid of people's opinions of you. You're afraid of how you could possibly be perceived. You are afraid that you won't make it. You're afraid that you won't amount to anything. You are afraid to the point that you minimize how you show up in the world, how you show up even to yourself. Because fear does not allow you to tell the truth. The truth is actually courageous. Where fear is actually the lie. And what I didn't realize was that uncontrolled fear or fear that I had never confronted, it affected every area of my life. All because of those seeds of abandonment and rejection that were planted so early in my um, youth, right? So early in my childhood. And so I just grew up with fear in a, in a constant state of fear. Even as I grew up, there were other repeated um, cycles of trauma, abuse, neglect, um, and things that went on in my life. And so I never had an opportunity to get rid of or let go of the fear. I lived in such um, environments that kind of fostered fear. It fostered um, a tolerance for abuse and for pain. And so my mind was always constantly in a state of perpetual fear. It was practically suspended in fear, all because of those early seeds of rejection, trauma, neglect, and abuse. And I had not known this. I had not known this at all. I had not known why I was afraid. I had not known why I was afraid to be alone. I had not known why I was afraid to be seen. I had not even known why I was afraid to be myself. It wasn't until I got older that I realized that it was even stemming from trauma. I had no idea um, that I was so deeply affected within. You become an adult and you're trying to navigate life, situations and circumstances, relationships, careers. Um, you're trying to understand and you can't properly see yourself because all you see is the possibility of someone hurting you so deeply again, where, where the real you wants to come out, wants to be who they're meant to be, who they're designed and created to be. But that part of your brain and of your mind, of your soul, your psyche, you know, whatever you want to call it, has not learned that it is safe now and that God has you and that if you've made it this far, 
you can continue to make it. You can succeed. You can succeed at life. You can succeed at becoming. And no matter how many um, times that things didn't go right, it's okay for you to give yourself the opportunity at least to attempt to make it through it. The thing about it is that you have to literally train and retrain yourself to be able to understand that you are no longer in uh, those types of situations or circumstances in which your brain and body need, need to always be on alert. That is a constant state of panic and fear and anxiety. And that is really no way for anyone to live. And so, you know, my prayer for you or for anyone listening who finds themselves always in a state of fear or panic is to locate the entry point. There's an entry point in which this fear was introduced to your mind, your body, and your soul, and you need to locate that. And you need to identify that. You need to expose it, right? Because the opposite of fear, you know, I know everyone would say is courage. I feel like the opposite of fear is truth. It is already strong. Um, The truth stands on its own. So once you identify the points and places and areas in your life where fear was first introduced, then you can counter it with the truth that I am enough, that I am worthy, that I will make it, that I am loved, that it is okay for me to be happy. It is okay for me to take my peace. It is okay for me to take my place in this world and in this life. And it is okay for me to move and to breathe. Because if you don't take up the space within your own mind, within your own body, within your own soul, something else will. Something else will definitely take over. And in my case, it was fear. In my case, it was low self-esteem and insecurities and um, distrust and so many different things that pretty much controlled every aspect of my life Um, it controlled my decisions or the or the inability to make my own decisions because if you're operating in fear when you're making decisions those aren't really your decisions those decisions belong to fear they don't belong to truth those decisions don't belong to the truth that you are okay to decide those decisions belong to the lie that you have to do this right here, right now, in this way, or else. You see, fear has a threat behind it, whereas the truth has a peace behind it. And there is a comfort in the truth. There is um, a flow to the truth, a strength to the truth, because you can stand on it. And I know that this may sound so deep. This may sound too much, but we are deep. Like, we as people, which this is the way that we were made. And the reason why this will resonate with some of you is because it's from deep within. And and some of the things that you've been through have been suppressed even deeply within. And so that is the truth. And it is okay for you to accept the truth. Sometimes we are afraid of the truth. If you've had to always be something that you weren't if you've had to hide any part of you in order to survive then your body 
in your mind, your soul is not comfortable in truth. It's not comfortable with being real. It's not comfortable with being honest. It's not comfortable with, um, with the reality, you know, and so that I can be comfortable with whatever my truth is, regardless of how it is perceived or received from another person, because my truth is my truth. You cannot reject your truth in order to believe someone else's lie. You cannot reject the truth that you were created from love because God loves you. You cannot allow the lie to make you feel as though you were unworthy of the love that you were cre already created out of. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For you, you were so loved. And I know that when you've suffered the amount of trauma, especially um, if you identify with any of the trauma that I've expressed so far, it is very hard to, to accept that there is anyone capable of loving you the way that you want and need and deserve. But that's why you have to expel the lie because the lie is, again, that you are unworthy, that you are unloved, that you are not wanted, that you are not enough. That is the lie. And we sit in lies. So many of us, we sit in the lie. And then because of where we sit in that lie, we make decisions based off of that. I'm just going to go be with him because nobody else loves me. And nobody else is capable of giving me the love that I deserve. So I'm just going to choose him. He'll do. Because after all, I'm not good enough. Because I still believe the lie that was told to me in childhood that because another hurt person hurt me or unhealed person hurt me that that automatically means therefore for the rest of my life that I am not worthy of what I deserve you literally have to be able to find a place and a space for you where you can absorb and learn the truth about how you were created why you were created and so for me, it really wasn't until I began to have conversations with God about myself and about where I really was emotionally that I came to even understand and accept myself and in realizing that there was somebody who was allowing me to come before them in all of my pain and in all of uh, the sorrow and the heaviness of my heart and mind. And in that place, I could just be and I could find a place in which I could be free. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm keeping this. I'm going to stick with him because when I'm with him, that's how I find out who I really am when I'm with him. It's only when I'm with him because truth of the matter is I've never really belonged in any of the other places I've been in. Well, I can't say that I've never belonged, but I, there are a lot of places where I wasn't accepted. Right. So I may have belonged there, but the people there uh, may have chosen to um, reject me. Right. For whatever the reason is, whether they were rejected, whether they were insecure or intimidated. You know what I mean? Um, 
And so, again, for me and coming to God, that is truly how I have been able to deal with the consequences of the abandonment, of the rejection, of the abuse, of the of the abuse, of the neglect. That is how I've been able to deal with the effects of things. You know, I can only speak to, I can only tell my truth. I can only walk in my truth. For me, there is, there is no other recourse. I have no other recourse. I have no other solution. There is no other place for me in this world in which I'm able to unload the pain. There is no other place in which I'm able to do that. Not effectively. I mean, even when you're telling your friends certain things, you know, you might have a best friend or, you know, a family member that you're really close to, even Sometimes in doing that, you have to, you know, try to watch what you say. You don't want to appear crazy. You don't know what they're going to think of you afterwards. And, you know, you know, all of these layers. But when I feel like I'm in the presence of God or when I'm having my alone time with him, I feel like I can just be. And that's all my soul has ever wanted, you know, and needed. But I feel like I can, I can literally just let go. And if we're honest, that's all we really want. Is a love that needs no explanation as to why it's needed. <laughs> you know, a love that just understands and that just fills the void, you know, without requiring, does not require you to earn it. I, I just, a love that is just freely offered. Okay, I know that was a lot, y'all, but that's my truth. That's how I managed to get through the fear. That's how I'm able to dispel the fear, the lie, um, the false evidence that appears real, but that isn't. Uh, the truth of the matter is, is that I am loved and I am well cherished and um, I'm, I'm healing. I'm being, I'm literally being transformed by a God who for some reason chose to show me you know, the truth about who I am in his word, despite what I've been through. And every day is a fight, but I fight and I find my weapons in his presence and in his word. So just remember that when you are feeling uh, afraid, when you're feeling overlooked or uh, rejected, a left or abandoned, um, that the Lord will never leave you. You know, the Bible says that though mother and father forsake me, the Lord will take me up. He'll take you up. He'll take you higher. He'll take you to another place, to a place outside of the pain, to a place outside of the fear, to a place of peace and freedom and love. Um, because ultimately, that's what he wants for all of his children. And the reality of it is, is sometimes his intentions for us gets lost um, in the world in which we live in, especially you know, when people do bad things to us or when, you know, bad things happen, you know, to us. But don't let go of his intention for you. His intention is his word for you. Um, and his, his intention to you is so is that you would know and comprehend um, together with all of the Lord's people to be able to grasp and understand just how wide, how long, how high, and how deep the love of Christ is. And that's Ephesians 3.18. 
Um, and when you understand that, and when you, or when you begin to understand that, then you can say, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Thanks for listening, guys. Till next time. Don't forget to follow me on all my socials. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. I am Miss Eve on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, I do have a YouTube channel as well. I'm Miss Eve on YouTube as well. And I have recently uh, began a um, YouTube channel uh, for Triumph Over Trauma. Uh, so you can follow me there as well. I have no, no subscribers yet, but hopefully you'll be the first of many. As you can see, I'm really looking to build out these platforms to help spread the awareness of childhood trauma and its effects. So if you would join me in that work um, by liking, commenting, subscribing, reading the podcast, and uh, any of the content that you see on any of those channels, it's greatly appreciated. I really want to get the message out there. And uh, again, you know, just to spread that awareness and the hope that you can uh, triumph over your trauma. Thanks. Bye.